0: Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa Podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. (laughs) Famous last words, don't fall off the stage. Okay, okay, I'm not going to fall off the stage. Ah, here we are in the presence of God. So good. You guys might can be seated. Beautiful C3 Noosa. Wow. Okay. Good. So it was great. We had a great time with the girls last night. So much fun. Uh, But this morning I have a different message for us and I feel like it's a word from the Lord in this season. And the title of the message this morning is Who is Writing Your Story? Who is Writing Your Story? I'm an author, as you know, so I'm keeping it in theme with the whole book theme. And, you know, every message I preach really comes out of a moment of my own personal revelation with Jesus. In fact, I read an incredible quote during the week and any ministers here will understand this. And the quote says that all ministry begins on the ragged edges of our own pain. And every time in our own struggle, in our own darkness or confusion or pain, we call out to God and God comes through for us. We bring answers to other people. And so this message came in a moment for me where it felt like my story had been completely disrupted, completely taken off the train tracks, like what the flip, God? How did we even end up here? What is the plan? Is there even a plan? Are you still real? What is going on? And I remember going out to pray one day and I went to some rocks near my house and I'm praying, I'm calling out to God and the Holy Spirit cut through the noise, like in that song, you know, when you get quiet and the Holy Spirit cuts through. The Holy Spirit cuts through the noise. And it doesn't always happen, but thank God it happens. (laughs) And when it happens, we need to take attention, pay attention. We can't ever dismiss those moments where the Holy Spirit cuts through. They are everything. And so the Holy Spirit cut through the noise when my train, uh, the train of my life had come off its tracks. And he said to me, Kiralee, who is writing your story? Who are you allowing to write your story? Are you allowing the injustice to write your story? Are you allowing the person who wronged you to write your story? Are you allowing someone else to own your story? Or can you trust me with your story? Can you yield the pen back to the author and perfecter of our faith and trust that he is writing and he will complete our story? And it was such a gift to me that moment because I'd allowed circumstances to write my story. I'd allowed people who had wronged me to write my story but in that moment i realized that the author was still at work writing the story of my life and i had to trust him with the pen hand it back to him and let him complete what he began so that's what we're going to talk about this morning and we're going to travel through it in a few segments to journey each of us through it and for us to identify where perhaps we've stopped trusting the author of the story, where maybe we've grabbed the pen off God and started to write our own story, maybe where we've allowed someone else to write it. You know, I do like, who likes Kiki K. Well, actually I think they're closed up now. But, you know, all the quote cards... And it's like, you are the author of your own story. Write your story. And I'm like, yes, until I realize it's totally not scriptural. (laughs) Totally, totally, totally not scriptural. We are actually not the author of our own story. There is an author who has written out the days of your life before you even arrived on the planet, who dreamt about you, who created you, who established every step before there was even one. God is sovereign and he is still at work. In case you don't believe me, Ephesians 2.10. I, I used to be a lawyer. In law you're trained, you have to back up every argument with the law. So I get scriptures for every point. So I am backed up. So here we go. Ephesians 2.10. We have become his poetry. You and I, we are his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny. He has a destiny. I know it's an 80s word, but it's real. He has a destiny for every one of us that will fulfill the destiny he has given to each of us, for we are joined to Jesus, the Anointed One. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny. That is the Bible. That's the Word of God and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Do you know there's good works written in heaven that you are going to walk into and fulfill They're written in his pages. We don't need to conjure them up or create them. We need to move forward in a spirit of humility, surrender, yieldedness and obedience to God and we will collide into the good works he has called every one of us. Psalm 134, King David writes, Your eyes saw my unformed substance and in your book all the days of my life were written before ever they took shape when as yet there were none of them. Earlier in the same psalm, David said, you know, every step I will take before my journey even begins. What an incredible thought. I remember as a young believer being in an atmosphere of prayer and I had a vision of heavenly libraries, a little bit like Oh, in some of the screens you'll see libraries, heavenly libraries. And I felt God say, clearly, I have photo albums of your life, books and books of what you're going to do and my plans for you as you yield to me and shift your eyes out of the natural realm and into the realm where God is, we begin to step into this plan. Colossians 3.3, our life is hidden yeah, in Christ. Yeah. It's not hidden in the world. It's hidden in Christ, in him. We step into this plan. So Jesus is the author of our story. He has written a story for our lives. Two, our story is a grand adventure. Now, if you've walked long enough in the Lord, and I can see there's some mature believers in the room, we all know that our journey in Christ is not like this, oh, (laughs) clear, clear, upward progression of perfection. It's hills and valleys. It's feasts and beasts. (laughs) You name it. It's a grand adventure. There's a mighty enemy and a victorious saviour. Yeah. Vicki Simpson, a great prophet, says it's not up, uh, up, uh, up. Uh. It's death, resurrection, death, resurrection, death, <laughs> resurrection. Okay. As God crucifies our flesh yeah. <laughs> and takes us into more of his power and his resurrection spirit and does wonders in our life. Our story is a grand adventure, but sometimes in the valleys or when we're fighting the beasts, it's so tempting to take the pen into our own hands, to take the pen off the author and go, stuff this, I'm going to write my own story. I can do this better. I can make the decisions Or it's so tempting to stop believing that the author is at work and to just believe what the enemy is writing over our lives. And there is an enemy. He's a little bit like, I don't know, does anyone remember, I don't know if it was play school or some kids show and there was Mr Squiggle who would just like squiggle all over the paper. That's kind of what the enemy wants to do in our lives. He wants to take this beautiful, poetic plan and scribble all over it and make it a big mess. And sometimes when we're in the difficult times, we either take the pen, we allow Mr Squiggle to have sovereignty and just to scribble all over our lives with lies and unbelief. But God wants to challenge us to really... Trust that he knows what he's doing. And we see a beautiful example of this when Jesus was actually in the wilderness and faced face-to-face with the enemy and the tempter, and I am up to point three in this message that there is an enemy who would love to change the end of the story. And so Jesus was in the wilderness and Satan came to Jesus And Satan tried to change Christ's story. He tried to to change it to a story of self-satisfaction, saying, eat this bread. He tried to change it to a story of self-glorification. If you bow down and worship me, I will let you rule over all the kingdoms. And then he tried to change it to a story of self-salvation. You know, save yourself. All these temptations that Jesus faced. And each time Jesus could have allowed the enemy to write the end of the story, he could have taken the pen. But instead he used the word of God and he said it is written. And I've got to tell you, church, every time we come back to God's word and say it is written, we are aligning with the author and perfecter of our faith. We are aligning with the one who writes the poetry over our life, with the one who writes redemption through our life, with the one who writes beauty through our life it is written this is our greatest story for some of you battling great fear and anxiety as you choose to hold on to the word of god and say great peace have those who love your lord 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 and nothing shall cause them to stumble or fear not for i am with you as you fight this anxiety and fear with the word of god you are defying Mr. Squiggle. (laughs) You are defying Mr. Squiggle and standing up as a warrior and warrior S to align with what God says about your life. It is written for some of you who have faced great disappointment and might be where I was, where you're off the train tracks (laughs) at the plan of your life. In Christ you are never off the train tracks of the plan of your life. He has like subway stations and overpasses and he's such a miraculous and complex God that we can be in the darkest place yet when we call out to him and he's there, we're right in the middle of his perfect plan. He is a wondrous, wondrous God. He's calling us to trust him with our story when the enemy is having a go. Point four, God God is inviting us to trust him with his story, story, his story upon the earth and the story of of the church. Five, our story is being followed by many. And I just feel God's heart today to encourage us that it's an eternal story. And there are heroes and heroines even in heaven who are standing on the edges of the grandstands in the great cloud of witnesses, cheering us on, going, come on, come on, run the race of faith. You've got this. And it's really interesting. The book of Hebrews is really clear. Verse 1. As for us, we have this great cloud of witnesses who encircle us as the clouds, each affirming faith's reality. And, you know, one of the reasons this cloud of witnesses encircle us is because their story is not complete without ours. Their story is not complete without ours. Back to the scriptures in case you don't believe me. Okay, here we go. Hebrews 11, end of the chapter, 39 to 40, they were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised since God planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. So in the kingdom of heaven, the lines between heaven and earth kind of dissipate and it's this grand story of faith. With the witnesses in heaven cheering us on, others on earth cheering us on as we run this race. You know, in our church this morning, there's a beautiful family and they're running the city to serve, probably as I speak. And in 2018, they lost their little boy, Rio, at 18 months old. He was a healthy little kid and went to church with gastro. And the gastro continued week after week after week and they realised there was something seriously wrong. 40 days in hospital, sleeping on stretches, hardly sleeping, managing life. They were eventually taken to Bear Cottage, which is a hospice for children in Sydney and little Rio graduated to heaven. And the heartache in this family, they're beautiful if you talk to them today, they still cry, but they have determined in their heart that that moment wouldn't end the story. In fact, with Rio cheering them on from heaven, and we do, there's kids, even unborn kids that have miscarried or aborted, even in heaven cheering us on in our race, little ones that have died cheering us on, and so they determined that their pain would be used for a great purpose and they began a charity called Rio's Gift. They were on sunrise yesterday. Did anyone see them on sunrise? They began a charity called Rio's Gift and they've raised hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to build hospices for children and families who are going through what they went through. So the trauma and pain of those moments, because we live in an imperfect and broken world, right, the trauma and pain of those moments wouldn't completely destroy a family but there'd be love and care and nurture and space. And so they've built a hospice in Perth, they're going for one in Western Sydney, um, Brian the father's a runner and they're just, you know, so much money. So literally he is running the race out of great pain, and great heartache, turning it into purpose and being cheered on by the witnesses in heaven. Just a beautiful example, actually, to us to keep running through the darkest days that God will use our pain for purpose and good. (laughs) Okay, point six, to successfully live out our story. We need to let go of wounds, weights, and sins. Back to Hebrews chapter 12. And this is a verse that I've really found myself in over the last 10 years. It's been a guiding light for me. And we're going to verse 1. We've heard about the great witnesses who encircle us like clouds, And the verse goes on and it reads, So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race, because it is a marathon, right, with passion and determination for the path has already been marked out before us. We're going to get wounds We're going to struggle with sin, otherwise the scripture wouldn't be there. And so we're challenged every day to come before the throne of grace, every single day, and to let go of the wounds. If you look at the deep translations of this word wounds, it means arrow tips, the things that pierce our heart. We need to let go of them. And I think it's interesting that it goes from from wounds to sin. Because so often it's connected, right? So often it's connected. Have you been wounded by someone and then all of a sudden you're in rage, bitterness, anger, think you've got an excuse to sin, to walk away from God? So often our wounds and sin are connected. So we need to let go of the wounds and the sin that entangles us. Not so we can just stay still and just kind of live some perfect life. No, so we can run the race that God has already set before us so that we can be like Ryan Fowler today who has let go of that wound through great suffering, I imagine, to run the race, to turn something so painful and horrendous into wonder and goodness and healing for hundreds of families We need to let go of the wounds and the sins to run the race that God has set before us. Okay, how do we do this? How do we do this? We look away, verse 2, we look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. We can't do it in our own strength. We can't do it in our own strength. We have a saviour who on the cross modelled for us what it looks like to let go of the wounds and the sins that easily entangled us, who on the cross, while the people, his own people, the Jewish people came against him and pierced his soul and body and crucified him, he cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I don't believe that you and I can truly forgive without that power flowing through us. I don't believe that we can truly run our race without looking to this author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. This is our example, church. Each of us will have our own cross. Each of us will have wounds that pierce our soul and threaten to crucify, or maybe they do crucify our flesh. Each of us will have it. And Jesus is our example to look to him and follow his example so he can lead us through our death experiences and into resurrection life, into his redemption. His example is this, because his heart was filled with the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. Christ always had his eyes on the end of the story. Verse 3, consider carefully How Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who opposed their own souls so that you won't become worn down and cave into life's pressures, forgetting your destiny. What a scripture. We could just like eat that scripture for then months upon months upon months. Wow. Okay. So the world wears us down. People wear us down. A lot of people aren't following God. They've been taught since they were little just to follow flesh. That wears us down. The pressures of life wear us down. But we have been created for a glorious destiny. And you know there's this amazing story in the Bible, many of you will know it, in the book of Nehemiah, where the walls of Jerusalem have been broken down. And in a sense, there's a picture of that in our nation and in the world at the moment. Even church life seems to have been challenged and attacked and broken down and the institution of gathering together and church and the joy of a community of faith has been under threat during COVID and and just people actually struggling with the concept of church. And in some ways the walls of Jerusalem have been broken down and Nehemiah heard a call, heard a call to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and he yielded to that call. And I believe for those of us here today that there is a call to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem to understand the wonder of the house of God, the power of the gathering of the community of faith, the incredible privilege we have in this nation of coming and praising and worshipping God. There's a call to rebuild the walls, but Nehemiah set his hand to this work and there were mockers that came and teased him and they threw rocks. Actually, it's part of the inspiration for my latest kids' book, Faithfulness which um, we've sold out of. You'll have to order it (laughs) if you would like a copy. But he was teased and mocked. And these mockers said to him, come down off the wall, come down off the wall and like argue with us, deal with us. And Nehemiah said, I can't. I'm getting about a great and glorious work. And some of us need to stop yielding to the day-to-day pressures and challenges, and understand that God has given us a great and glorious work to do. We need to live according to destiny and not drama. So back to Jesus. Let's look. Let's look at how Jesus overcame in allowing the author to continue to write his story. In Jesus' life, his parents struggled to understand his story. They struggled when he stayed in the house of God. Satan tried to take over his story. Peter tried to control his story. The religious people hated his story. One disciple agreed to sell his story. Another disciple denied his story. The world crucified his story and the author resurrected his story. Whilst many people tried to take the pen and change the story of Christ's life, the author had it all along and Jesus stayed on the pages